0: listening to the sports daily i'm your host reality steve thank you all for tuning in do we have a good monday show for you after that weekend probably not but we'll go over everything you know i show up on the good weeks and the bad weeks so we will talk about it i've also got some other college football thoughts and some pro football thoughts where i don't know what some teams are doing and i'm just so confused we'll get to all that momentarily let's start not a great day in college a horrible day in pros there's no other way around it the pros stuff is just bizarre and we'll get to that first but let's let's talk about college and I'm not going to make any excuse for the college plays more so the pro plays I mean it we went four and five in college it wasn't terrible Um, terrible was pros but You know, 4-5 and in college, the top play, uh, the best bet in college for the third week in a row I've dropped. Iowa State plus the 7.5. We know what their record was as a conference home dog, as a conference dog overall. Great record. I mean, they were right there. Uh, This was a game that if you were watching the game, they were down 10, driving for a meaningless – not a meaningless, but – Texas could afford to give up either a field goal or a touchdown because they still led by they led by two scores, being up 10. Iowa State converts a third down and gets to the 35-yard line of Texas. Would have been first and 10. Get called for holding. Then it ends up being fourth and 17. They go for it. Don't get it. Ball game. Lose by 10. Getting seven and a half. My other picks went, what, they go three and three um notre dame was an easy winner um actually the three giant favorites they all should have covered notre dame minus the 24 blew out wake forest lsu minus the 32 blew out georgia state liberty minus 27 and a half they were up 41 10, 49 10 in the fourth quarter up by 39 and they gave up two just garbage touchdowns but you know that's the risk you take on betting a big favorite is they're going to pull their starters or they're not even going to try and score once they get up by 39 and they give up two touchdowns and they win by 25 and you know land 27 and a half or i think at kickoff it got down to 26 but either way it was a loss so two and one on those big favorites and then one and two on the other plays virginia tech minus three at home could not cover that uh lost 35 28 texas tech minus two and a half. They won by one because the other team missed an extra point. If they would have gotten the extra point, who knows what could have happened because that basically would have been somebody was going to win by three points or seven points or six points in overtime. So that killed us, and we had a winner on UNLV plus three. big, Big comeback by the Rebels. My gosh, how about UNLV this year? Nine and two and ten and one against the spread. The best team in college football this year against the spread. Nobody would have ever thought that at the beginning of the season. Shit, take away their against the spread record. Nobody would have ever thought they were 10 and 1, 11 games into the I mean, excuse me, 9 and 2, 11 games into the season. Congratulations to Barry Odom and his crew there and his staff for turning that program around because they've never been this good. My underdog plays, um, I only had two. One of them was Iowa State. We already know that. And uh, Florida Atlantic, really never in the game. I mean, it was. I think they lost by, what, 17, something like that? Um, getting nine and a half, they lost that one. They did hit my three-team 10-point teaser with LSU minus 22, Iowa State plus the 17 and a half, and Notre Dame minus 14, so nine and six now on the year. On the three-team 10-point teases, really disappointed, though. I've lost my bet best bet three weeks in a row, uh, seven, four, and one. I... Again, I just isolated the wrong game. I really should have used one of the big favorites because I was super confident in Notre Dame, and I was pretty confident in LSU as well. Uh, I just thought those teams were just going to absolutely roll. LSU was 14-14 in the second quarter, and they scored, what, uh, 42 unanswered, and they won 56-14. Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it it was what it was. Four and five week in college. I'm now uh, 53 50-4 and four on the season, right around 500. But as we move to the pros, that's what really sticks in my craw because, look, I'm not going to make excuses, but every single one of these games, outside of the Carolina game, because that was pretty much a loser, although it was a self-inflicted loser by the Panthers. I'm not saying they would have won the game, but while the final was 33-10, to 10, there were some things in that game that could have made it a lot closer. But let's start off with the best bet, the Miami Dolphins. uh, Minus 13.5 against the Raiders. Miami, as you know, 4-0 against the spread at home this year, covering by an average of 15 points a game. Here's all you need to know about the Miami Dolphins game this past, or yesterday. Through three quarters, they had had nine possessions, and they never... Hunted the ball, yet they were up 17-13. I mean, we're talking three turnovers, a missed field goal, stopped on downs at the one-yard line. I mean, this is, you know, when you talk, anytime you handicap a game, you know I've said this numerous times, when you handicap a game, you're handicapping it basically saying the turnover margin is going to be somewhat even and there's not going to be You know, you can't predict special teams. You can't predict defensive turnover, defensive touchdowns, stuff like that. Bottom line is Miami, uh, two a through for 325 yards and two touchdowns, yet they score 20 points. This is a team that racks up, you know, 30 points in their sleep against bad teams. It's just self inflicted uh, uh, wounds that. They haven't had it home all year long. This is the first game they didn't cover. And yet they were one touchdown away from covering this game. And fourth quarter, fourth down for the Raiders. they got to keep it going. Quarterback's falling down, just throws it up two yards in front of him. The linebacker catches it for Miami, intercepts it, and literally as you see that play developing, you're like, holy shit, he's going to run this back for a touchdown. They're going to win by two touchdowns, and we're going to cover and he literally trips over his own guy. <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's what happens <laughs> when things are going bad for you on a Sunday. I mean, it it, it is. I mean, I, I'm not going to – there's no way around it. Uh, Miami should have covered that game, all the statistics. At the end of the game, if I would have just showed you the statistics on the game, outside of the turnovers, you would have been like, oh, yeah, Miami definitely won this game and covered probably by – probably won by 14 or 17 points. Nope, they won by seven because they couldn't get out of their own way. Just – It was just one of those days. Uh, The other picks in the NFL, Arizona plus four and a half. I mean, where do we start with this? Down 21-16 with seven minutes left, fourth and four in Houston territory. And instead of kicking a field goal, knowing you're going to get the ball back probably, and if you did, you would only need a field goal. They decide to go for it and don't get it on fourth down. Then at the end of the game, when they're driving, needing a touchdown, they have to go for it on fourth down and they don't get it again. I mean, this was a chip shot field goal, would have cut it to 21 to 19. And all you would need when you got the ball back was a field goal. And coach, you know, thought too much about it and decided to go for it. The other thing is, and I'm not going to, you know, this is going to be marked as a loss, but anybody that put this bet in on Sunday, you won because that line was six or five and a half yesterday. So, you know, it's. It's, it's tough putting in games two days early because lines will always change. There haven't been many games, though. Of all the, you know, of the 70 or 65, 70 games I've bet this year in the NFL, I don't think many have cost us by giving you the line on Friday. Maybe two or three. We won a couple. We lost a couple. But this is one of those instances. On a weekend where, you know, we go basically over. um, that's what happens. You know, I give you the line on Friday. It's four and a half. They lose by five. But if you put that bet in yesterday, it was six or five and a half because I did. And I, you know, I won because I bet them on Sunday. Um, Pittsburgh, another one, plus one. If you put this in earlier in the week, now you didn't know, but that line was four when it first came out. But then Deshaun Watson out for the year and the line moved down to one. So this was definitely a loss. And I mean, look. I'll always bet against a quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, making his second start in the NFL against a Pittsburgh defense. But, you know, have to keep in mind, you're dealing with the Pittsburgh Steeler offense. So any game they play, at any point in the season versus anybody, home or away, no matter what the line is, they have a chance to put up an absolute stink bomb on offense where they do nothing. And they didn't do anything. Kenny Pickett averaged like three and a half yards per completion. It's just... They have a terrible, terrible offense. Did you know this when it comes to the Steelers? The Pittsburgh Steelers have gone 45 consecutive games with under 400 yards of offense. I don't want to say Mike Tomlin is going to get fired, because he's not, because he still wins games, but he clearly wins games on defense and special teams and field position and running the ball. You can't put up 400 yards of offense in literally three seasons? That's terrible. Offense coordinator is going to get fired, but it won't even matter. I mean, 45 games. This is going back to Ben Roethlisberger's career. <laughs> I mean, even at the tail end of his career, they weren't doing anything offensively. But, man, 45 games in a row where they can't amass 400 yards of offense. Hell, the Dolphins did that yesterday. Dolphins do that in their sleep. The Cowboys do it in their sleep. The Niners do it in their sleep. Like, So Pittsburgh is just a team that any given week – You can basically just flip a coin because their offense pretty much isn't going to show up yet. They are six and four this year. We've talked about before Sunday, before yesterday, they were the worst six and three team in the history of the NFL, but you just have to just know going into any Pittsburgh game, you throw your hands up in the air because they might be terrible offensively, but they can still win games. I thought this was going to be an ugly game. I thought this was going to be exactly what it was, 16-13, 13-10, 20-17, and I just thought they were going to be on the winning end of that, and they weren't. And then uh, Carolina as the underdog play of the week, yes, they lost, but this was a this was a 17-10 game uh, in the middle of the you – know, basically with four minutes left in the third quarter. And – Carolina had stopped Dallas twice on third downs, but gave them first downs due to personal foul penalties. Dallas ends up getting a touchdown. They go up 24-10, and Carolina never got within 10 after that. I'm just saying, you hold Dallas to a field goal there, then it's 20-10 to with about three minutes left in the third quarter. We're getting 10 half I think it could be a different game. But once you fall behind 24-10, to and then, you know, what's his nuts, throws another pick six, Bryce Young, it's just that's all she wrote. It just, <laughs> unfortunately, this is, you know, when you bet on bad teams, that's usually what happens. And, yeah, I bet on a bad team, but um, there's going to be a lot of lines the rest of this year that are you're going to be looking at bad teams, getting a lot of points, and you're hoping for, you know, to keep it close or a backdoor cover. And then the three-team 10-point teaser was ruined because the Washington Commanders, again, it's not an excuse, but when you handicap games, you can't predict turnovers. And what did the Washington Commanders do? They committed six turnovers, <laughs> and they lost to the Giants, who had Tommy DeVito at quarterback who were literally trying to lose so they can get a high draft pick. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Six turnovers by Washington. The New York Giants have four first-half touchdowns all season, all four of them are against the Washington Commanders. It's just one of those weekends, guys. It's you know 0-5. I'm recording this. And the Denver game is going on right now. They're losing seven to three when I'm recording this. <clears throat> I'll just figure it's a loss. We're going O for this weekend. They're going 0 for 6. you know, again, I'm I'm sorry if you if you tail the plays. Um, you're gonna have weekends like this. You know, we had a weekend where I went five and one. I haven't had an undefeated week this year, but you look at our plays for the year, 35, 24 and three coming into this weekend, you know, we were hitting sixty percent. Now we're gonna drop down to probably fifty-three percent with that 0 for weekend, unless Denver Covers this game. Um, then we're looking at, you know, a 1-5 weekend, but I'm not going to be happy with 1-5. 1-5, 0-6, same thing to me. We stunk. But, hey, it happens. Hopefully we shake that off. Have a better week next week. A couple things I want to talk about uh, in college football, and this has nothing to do with, obviously, you know, I didn't bet North Carolina, and they lost to Clemson, didn't cover. They now have three losses on the season not going to hit their over. I think their total was, their win total was either nine and a half or 10. The best they can finish is nine and three. So they're not going to hit their over under win total. But, and I, you know, look, I don't, I'm not an NFL scout. I'm not a guy that is going to sit there and break down film uh, of these guys. I'm just doing, you know, the naked eye, watching these guys play and seeing who's going to translate well on the next level. And clearly there are NFL scouts that have been dead wrong on the quarterback position for 20, 30 years. I mean, there was actually a debate back in the day, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. And there were scouts that swore Ryan Leaf was going to be a better pro than Peyton Manning was, and clearly they were wrong. And I mean, the list goes on and on, and how many times professional scouts, like guys that get paid to cover this sport, have been dead wrong on the quarterback position. With that said, just by my naked eye, Am I missing something with Drake May? Why is he automatically being considered the number two guy in this draft behind Caleb Williams? He's got a good arm, sure. Somewhat mobile, but there's nothing about that guy that strikes me as franchise quarterback. When I look at Caleb Williams' play, that's a dynamic player. You can just see it in him. Hell, the fact that SC is 7-5 and five this year... Their season is over. Caleb Williams is never going to take another snap in college football. He's not playing in their bowl game. You watch USC play, and you can say, like, oh, my gosh, terrible defense." Yeah, well, first off, Caleb Williams doesn't play defense. And number two, he does everything for that team. Can you imagine if he didn't have the scrambling ability and the scapability that he does, how bad they'd be offensively? He is a wizard back there. And I give him all the credit in the world. I just watch him. I You see him throw – Um. Outside the pocket, when he's running around, throwing across his body, just throwing darts, I watch him and I'm like, yeah. Any NFL team would be happy to have him. I'm just, I guess, I'm just missing something on Drake May. I, I don't get it. I don't get why he's number two. I mean, I'm guessing, yeah, he's a first round quarterback. He's definitely going to be drafted, but I, I'm, I've yet to see it with my own two eyes. But you know, I don't study tape. I'm not looking at all the throws that he's made in college. I'm just saying it right now. I I don't know about the hype on this guy. Good quarterback, but is he going to come in like Caleb Williams and start game one of next year and be productive? I I don't see it. I don't care what team he goes to. I don't see it. But that's just me. As for college football overall, you know it's my – It's my favorite sport to watch football in general, but I'll take college over pro. uh, And then college basketball is number three. And however, this season, you realize we are 11 weeks in the season, only one week left of the regular season of college football next weekend, last weekend of college football. That's crazy. Five teams still remain undefeated. It's never happened in the history of college football where we had five teams remain undefeated this late into the season. We're going to lose one of them this weekend with Michigan playing Ohio State. But I don't know if – now, things might start to get weird. So you got one going down between Michigan and Ohio State. One of those teams is going to lose. You've got Florida State, who lost Jordan Travis for the rest of the season after that gruesome injury where he basically put his foot on backwards after that tackle. Yikes, against North Alabama. I'm sure you saw the highlight. If you didn't, If you're squeamish, look away. Personally, for me, I could watch those injuries all day long. It's not like I take some sort of pleasure in it. I just, when I see it, I'm just like, okay, it's not happening to me. And it just, it doesn't make my stomach drop or doesn't make me throw up or whatever, but an ugly, ugly, ugly injury. And now Florida State, it's like, okay, could they possibly lose next week? Could they possibly lose in the big, uh, in the ACC championship game to Louisville now? They could drop out of the college football playoff. What if they get to the college football? What if they do finish 13-0? Is the committee automatically going to put them in the playoff knowing that their quarterback who got them there is out? I would think so. I can't imagine them leaving a 13-0 ACC champion out of the 14 playoff even though they're without their quarterback, but you never know. You've got the whole Washington and Oregon thing, seeing how that's going to play out. And Alabama's playing as well as anybody in the country. What if they upset Georgia? I mean, up until this point, there's been zero chaos in college football. I don't know if you've realized this, but the top eight in the college football rankings all won for a third straight week. Five 11-0 power five teams for the first time ever. It just, there hasn't been much change this season in college football. That's why I'm thinking we might get some chaos in the next two weeks. I can't predict what's going to happen but something tells me it's just not going to be this easy for the committee. I think we're going to obviously we're going to be down to four after this weekend. And then with college football champ, conference championship games, then things could change. But you know, I love college football. There just hasn't been a lot of drama this season. I think I had a statistic last week that I forgot to read you. I think, I think the statistic was going into this past weekend 100 top 15 teams in college football, or maybe it was top 10. There's been 100 games of top 10 or top 15 teams in college football this year favored by double digits. 98 of them won the game outright. I mean, there just hasn't been many upsets in college football this year. So that that statistic right there tells you a lot. It's either top ten or top fifteen teams favored by double digits this year in college football heading into this weekend. There were a hundred games of those, and ninety-eight and two they were straight up. So as much as I love college football, hasn't been a lot of drama this season. Will we get it in the last two weeks? I hope so. Little quick story for you here. Today in college basketball starts the Maui Invitational. This is a annual tournament held usually in in the Lahaina Civic Center, but due to the fires in Hawaii earlier this year, they had to move it because Lahaina Civic Center is now housing people who lost their homes in the fire. So now it is moving, I think, to the Big Island or something. I can't remember where it's being held now, but a great, great tournament that starts today in college basketball. Five top 25 teams out of the eight are in this. Uh, Marquette is in it. Um, Purdue is in it. The Zags are in it. Kansas is in it, the number one team in the nation. And Tennessee is in it. UCLA is also in it. And they're not even ranked in the top 25, and they're undefeated. Now, granted, it's only two or three games, but this is going to be a great, great tournament. Um, A quick story is my senior year of high school, our big trip and the big tournament we played in was in Hawaii. And it was when this tournament was played right around Christmas time, And so um, we played in a tournament – Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday out in Maui, and we then got to stay an extra three days to watch the tournament at the Lahaina Civic Center that played on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It was awesome. All eight teams stayed in our hotel. I've got pictures with Bobby Hurley and Thomas Hill. It was just a great, great experience. So this tournament I'll always love. The Maui Invitational will always be Special to me, and I can't wait to watch it today. can't wait to watch this because it has five ranked teams in it and UCLA. I mean, there's some some really good games uh, that are being played over this three-day period. Just eight teams, three-day tournament, um, and semifinals, obviously, tomorrow night, and then the championship on Wednesday. But, yeah, great, great tournament. If you can, check it out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. I'd say tell your friends about it, but maybe wait till next week until we have a better week picking games. But uh, anyway, I appreciate you all listening. Sorry about the bad picks this weekend. Thank you all for listening, though. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See. Ya!